Hi, thanks for joining us to listen to another message from Rumley Chapel in Cardiff, UK. If you'd like to know more about the chapel, then visit us online at rumleychapel.org or look us up on social media. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all doing well, and I want to welcome you back to week six on our series looking at the book of James. I absolutely love this book, and every time I read it, I'm always reminded of how it has just so much wisdom to offer and how we can use that wisdom to actually bring God glory in our everyday living. And that's why I love the topic that comes across today. It's in the book of James, obviously, but it's chapter three, verses 13 to 18. And these couple of verses talk about two different kinds of wisdom that we can have. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I spoke on being doers of the word in James uh, in chapter one, verses 19 to 27. See, you know, we can gain wisdom from the Bible. and I have no doubt in that at all. And we can apply that wisdom in our everyday living. The question is this, who are we applying this wisdom for? See, the big idea of today's message is this, that earthly wisdom is typically centered on selfishness, but true godly wisdom focuses on others. And as we read through through this passage in chapter three, there's three points that very clearly come across that I want us to grasp in, in today's sermon. These three points, just before I read the chapter that I think we can pick up is this, wisdom from above, leads to good conduct from verse 13. Point number two is this, that earthly wisdom is selfish and envious. And you can get that from verse 14 to 16. And the third point I have for you today is that wisdom from above produces godly fruit. And we can find that out in verses 17 and 18. So as I mentioned earlier, we're talking from James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. So if you have your Bibles on hand, open them up. Um, You've already had plenty of opportunity to get there. So hopefully you are already. Um, But if not, it will be in the captions underneath. And so I really encourage you to read along with me. It's always good to read the Bible together. And this is what it says. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Then, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Father God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it, it speaks truth into our lives. And Lord, I thank you that you offer us wisdom that we can use to glorify you. And I pray, Father, that you would bless the reading of your word to us this morning. And that, Lord, you would let our hearts be open to receive whatever we need to receive, Lord. Help us, God. Guide us, God, to to walk closely with you this morning, Father, and reveal new, fresh stuff from us from this text today, God, that we can use and apply in our everyday living lord as you told us to in james 1 to be doers of the word god i pray lord that we will be doers of this chapter too in jesus name amen 
So let's crack on with today's message. So we start with point number one, that wisdom from above leads to good conduct. According to a dictionary definition, wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge and good judgment. So I imagine when James puts forward the question, who is wise and understanding among you? I'm sure several people were sat there thinking, you know, they were like big shots, like, yeah, I am. I'm wise. You know, it's me. And I wonder if anyone is actually sat at home right now thinking, you know, you're a wise owl. Maybe you've got lots of life experience. Maybe you would smash your general knowledge quiz whilst I yet again walk away with a wooden spoon for coming last. And trust me, it is a common occurrence. Or maybe you've been around the block a few times in specific areas and, you know, you finally think that you know it all. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not disputing that fact, you know. Maybe you do have this experience. Maybe you do have this knowledge and this good judgment. Who am I to even argue that? In fact, James is probably doing the exact same in the scripture as he as I'm doing right now. You know, he's not disputing whether these people who are likely teachers in the making um, are wise or not. He's not disputing that. James instead sets an alternative thinking and brings forth a challenging notion towards them. He says to those who think they're wise, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. And there it is again, you know, that word humility, that word that seems to come up so often, especially when we're reading the Bible. And it simply means this, it's about having a modest or low view of one's importance. It's about approaching situations with a heart and an attitude for others rather than yourself. And I'm sure that all of us have been in situations where, you know, someone is maybe sharing knowledge that no one else could actually care less about um, knowing. And, you know, they're only doing it, they're only sharing this knowledge to show off the fact that they have this information. You know, in fact, it actually, it kind of reminds me of that scene in Friends. I don't know if you guys watch Friends. It's something that I loved watching growing up. But there's an episode where Joey goes and buys an encyclopedia and he starts showing off his newfound wisdom to to all of his friends in, in the cafe. You know, he's not doing it to benefit the conversation for others, but he's actually rather doing it for his own ego and his own selfishness. I mean, I mean, we're all culprits of this, right? Even two months ago, I remember I was playing a game, specifically League of Legends, with some of my, my friends, and I was telling them different things that they should probably know or learn. But in all fairness, they couldn't care less at the time. They just wanted to enjoy it and just relax a little. You know, thankfully, I soon realized that, you know, that the knowledge I have doesn't need to blurt out just for the sake of it. And two months later, actually... After I calmed down a bit, they actually started asking those questions. And as I was writing this um, sermon, there was a little side note which came to my mind here. And I want to talk talk about that right now. And that is when I told my friends the information two months ago, they didn't listen or receive it. And were like, yeah, whatever, you know, however, what I found out is after by showing, you know, by conduct that I'm decent at the game and spending time with them, they soon started to ask questions as they started to gain an interest and in, in the game, they started to seek out information that would help them. You know, I have the same information to give as two months ago, but 
you know, speaking to the brick wall achieves very little. And maybe we're like that sometimes with our faith, you know? You know those times when we blurt out the wisdom of scripture and we talk about our faith to people without first demonstrating what that wisdom can bring, what that faith in our life brings. You know, when I demonstrated skill in this game based off the knowledge and understanding that I had, my friends became fascinated and started to question and receive that information. Equally, if we're living godly lives, demonstrating what life to the full looks like, you know, living in godly wisdom and people witness that, then they too will seek out and ask questions. And that's when they'll truly start to listen um, to those seeds that we get to sow in their lives. And that is just amazing. See, the thing is, people, they're not likely to receive information or knowledge about questions that they're not even asking. And I'm sure we can all act in similar ways to how I did with my friends, you know, especially when it comes to stuff that we're passionate about and especially when we're knowledgeable about it. Yet James sets a challenge here that wisdom that comes from above isn't centered on selfishness or it's not anything to do with people agreeing with us or people thinking that we're a genius. He says that true wisdom that comes from above is shown by a heartfelt living that is focused on others. You know, why did I want my friends to improve at the game? It was so I could have a better game and a more enjoyable experience. See, you then question what has changed since then? What's changed since two months ago? Well, now I actually want them to improve because I just love hearing the laughter that my mates display every time they're having a good game. And it's honestly so enjoyable um, just to have that like connection with them and just see just the, the giggles as they go ab- about playing this game. And now I take enjoyment out of that. You know, my focus is now on them and they started to listen. And I think that's amazing. See, after the example of my own selfish desire on something as stupid as a video game, I feel this is a good time to jump to the second point that we had. And that is this. Earthly wisdom is selfish and envious. And you can find that out in verse 13 and 16 or verse 14 to 16. James refers to earthly wisdom using the terms bitter envy and selfish ambition. You know, when talking about bitter envy, that's those moments where we really just want something, you know, when you really want something with everything you've got, you know, that someone else has to the point where we actually begin to get bitter about it. I'm sure we've all had those moments, you know, I want that car, I want that house, I want this girl or this guy, you know, and don't try to tell me you haven't thought these things or even said these things before, you know. When someone says, how on earth is she with him? Man, what a bitter statement. But I'm sure many of us have thought it. And this brings about disorder and evil practices such as jealousy. You know, I want this. I want that. I, I, I. We've been there. And there's no point denying that. And that's just envy. You know, what about selfish ambition? Those times that we're motivated to do something that serves us and our own interests. Man, this can be tough. And I'll be honest with you here that, you know, I sometimes struggle with this whole making YouTube content that I've been doing since lockdown. You know, I've never been fascinated in fame. It's not something that has really appealed to me, but it's so easy to get caught up in the mentality of, ooh, 100 views. Oh, another subscriber. Oh, someone disliked my content. 
you know, there's a song by Jimmy Needham called The Reason I Sing, and I'd encourage you to listen to it. And I need myself to be honest. I had a conversation the other day with a friend and I was saying how I messed up a song. It was a Christian song, by the way. And her response was this. Good job. The Lord accepts it no matter how it sounds. My response with a little bit of tongue in cheek was, but do I accept it? This is where I got the punch in the face. The line that literally just took me out. And she said this, is it for you or the Lord? That's the question. Yeah, that's the question. And it's so true, right? I mean, we should be asking ourselves this all the time. Why am I doing this? Is this for me or is this for God? Is this for my name or is this for his name? Is this for my glory or is this for his glory? See, living a life in godly wisdom, it's not about you. It's about him and it's about his children. It's about loving him first and loving your neighbors as yourself. It's letting go of pride to be there for those who need it most. Living in true godly wisdom leads to this, our third point for today. That wisdom from above produces godly fruit. Verses 17 to 18 demonstrate that for us. See, first of all, James reminds us that this wisdom comes from above in this verse. That this wisdom is from God. This is something we truly should be thankful for because it's such a gift. It is such a blessing that he allows us to have this wisdom. You know, in James chapter 1 verse 5, it says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given to him. What a generous God we have. You know, we don't even have to we don't even have to wonder about what godly wisdom looks like. James even tells us right here in this passage of scripture, you know, it's peace loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. It's impartial and sincere actions. It's like having some of Abby's bacon. I don't know if any of you have tried Abby's bacon before, but I mean, those churros, man, they were fantastic. And I've, you know, I've experienced good bacon, thanks to Abby and so many other people. Thank you, Mike, for that Victoria sponge. But without the recipe, I'd be absolutely lost, to be honest with you, if I was trying to make it myself. And here we have James being like, hey, folks, here's the secret. Wink, wink. You know, he's he's given us the information. We don't need to wonder or ponder or try and guess. We know exactly what it looks like if we live out godly wisdom and church it boils down to this it boils down to the big picture of today's message that earthly wisdom is centered not on selfishness but true godly wisdom focuses on others if we want to truly lift high the name of jesus if we want to bestow wisdom to our friends and family in a way that they receive it then our lives must be living, walking, breathing examples of the wisdom that comes from heaven. In a similar light to don't be hearers of the word only, but be doers of the word. Don't be wise people only, but live out the wisdom for the sake of others. And so I have a few challenges for you guys from my message today. And the first one is this. 
you know, James chapter one, verse five, it basically says this, get wisdom. You know, you can't live wisely without wisdom. You need the information. So what are you doing with your spare time? Because the scripture, God's word, it is living, breathing. It, it teaches us how to live life and life to the full. And we can get so much wisdom from it. But we need to open up our Bibles to receive that wisdom. God has given us a gift and we can receive that. In fact, so many of us have received that. My Bible sat over there right next to my bed. Like I already have the gift of God right in front of me that I can open up whenever I want and dive into his word and gain wisdom and knowledge that will not only benefit me, but benefit his children. It will benefit the other people in this world. You know, that's such a challenge. You know, so many people, you know, think, oh, yeah, I would love to have wisdom. But it's as simple as this. We need to just go get it. We need to be we need to be doers. We can't just sit patiently forever. We need to get up. We need to go into our Bibles. We need to get into prayer. And that's a challenge for you guys. Get wisdom. The second challenge is this. Open your eyes to the selfish desires and bitter envy that you might have. That's a tough one. You know, I gave two examples earlier of where I displayed those things. And it's hard. It's hard to realize that, you know, you have these in your life, but everyone does. Everyone has these in some shape or form. Um, and God bless you if, if you don't like I, you need to teach me your secret. But I'm not called to deal with that by myself. I'm not called to tackle that and trying to deal with those issues that I have on my own accord. But yet God you know, he is there. He's walking beside us. He is carrying us on his shoulders when we need him to. So not only open up your eyes to see your selfish desires and bitter envy that you might have, but ask God to help you deal with such things. And my third challenge to you is this. Don't just live a good life. Live a godly life. One that makes others ask about our king because ultimately that's what we want. We want people asking about Jesus. We want people asking why we live the way that we live, why we love the way that we love, why we have the joy that is within our hearts in every situation. When we find ourselves in difficult times, how there's still this joy that resides within us. And people will question that. And when they, when they, when they start asking the questions, that's when they truly will start to listen to everything that we have to say. That is when they will be seeking God with every question they ask, with their ears and their hearts and their, their mind just open to receive it. And that is going to be a blessed moment when we get those opportunities. Trust me, it's going to be a very blessed moment. And so I want to pray, church. I want to pray for, for all of us as we close this, this sermon today. Father, I thank you that we have the ability to get wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for your scripture, for your word, and the fact that it is 100% truth, that we can trust it with everything. Lord, there is nothing that has higher integrity than you. And so, Jesus, I pray that our lives would be built upon that, Lord, that we would build our lives upon the firm foundation, the solid rock whose name is Jesus Christ. So when storms of life come along, we will not stumble, we will not fall, but we will stand firm and lift up your name high, Jesus. Help us to remember it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about my name. It's not about my sake, but it's about you, Jesus. But yet you bless us in that. And I thank you that you bless us in that because 
by living for you. You bless us with what you promise, life and life to the full. And so we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you love us so much that you would even send your son to die for us. Oh, well, I mean, how foolish of me to not want to live for you. Help me set my mind back on you. Help me get back on track with you, Lord. The, the path is straight and narrow. You, your book tells us that. The Bible tells us that. But help me, God, to stay on that every step of the way. Help me keep my eyes fixed on you, Jesus. And Lord, I want to pray for the church, Lord, and everyone else listening in today, God, that, that you would bless them, Lord, where they are. Lord, that they would feel the love of God surrounding them protecting them and lord i just pray that our eyes would be open to you lord i pray that you would give the church opportunities this just moving forward lord let our eyes be open to opportunities to share love and to share about you jesus not in a way that is forceful and unloving but in a way that is loving and fair and god i pray that the seeds that we have the the opportunity to sow lord that you would reap the harvest, God, that we, we would see people come to faith, that we would see people added to your kingdom, Lord, and know that we get to party with them in heaven. Lord, I pray that you bless today's word, today's message, God. Um, and I pray, Lord, that you would strip away from anyone's heart what is not meant for them today, God, but that they would hold firmly to anything that you wanted to talk to them about. Jesus, we thank you. We love you. And we thank you that you go with us wherever we go. Lord, we ask all these things in your name. Amen.